1: apple toy and welcome once again to a came from the radio the officially of big apple con this is your host mark torres speaking with me for our 52nd live show courtesy of the east metal public library in front of a live studio audience virtually distancing of course is none other than the life with Jennifer jenny jenny felby good
2: evening stay warm everybody
1: and we have um fishy sarcasms dominic definis mansverano
3: if I knew that it was like a pet show, I would have brought my dog. In. <laughs> he's and cute. We,
1: and we yes. have our special yeah. guest who we've been talking to with and about, which is awesome because he's here. We have author Roland
4: Holmack. Hello. Good evening, everyone.
1: So as I mentioned before, this is our 52nd live show, courtesy of the East Meadow Public Library, which is www.eastmeadow.info. Where they have tons of free programming, both virtually and in person, one of which is our show. And uh, so we're going to be talking with Roland in just a moment. Before we do that, we have to take it away with the news. It's morphin' time! The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of sci fi.radio. That's sci fi for your Wi Fi. As well as the fine folks at Cosmic Comics and Games of Bulba, New York, your one-stop shop for comics and collectibles, Uh, give Chuck a call at 516-763-1133. And also the show is brought to you in part by the fine folks at the Big Apple Con, which we are the official radio show of celebrating 25 years, well now 26, I guess that still counts as over. Um... (laughs) Of complex stuff and pop culture, and this more information go to www.bigapplecc.com. Uh, their next convention is scheduled for the 29th of January, so this will probably air that week. If not, it already happened. So, uh, that is the Big Apple Trading Card Show. If not, you go to www.bigapplecc.com for more tickets for their regular convention. All right, so let's start off with the news. As you always, <laughs> we start off with the sad news.
0: Mm. Let's see. Mm.
1: Legendary, award-winning actor and director Sidney Poitier died recently from natural causes. A mm. Sydney starred in such films as Cry the Beloved Country, Red Ball Express, Blackboard Jungle, The Defiant Ones, Porgy and Bess, Raisin in the Sun, Lilies of the Field, The Greatest Story Ever Told, To Serve With Love, In the Heat of the Night, and its sequel, They Call Me Mr. Tibbs and the organization, the original guest Who's Coming to Dinner, Dinner, Buck and the Preacher, which he also directed, Uptown Saturday Night, which he also directed, Let's Do It Again, which he also directed, A Piece of the Action, which he also directed, Shoot to Kill, Little Nakia, uh, Separate but Equal, Sneakers, and The Jackal, just to name a few. In addition, Sidney just directed films such as Stir Crazy, which I did not know he directed A classic film, Fast forward, and of all things, he directed the movie Ghost Dad with Bill Cosby.
2: Oh, wow.
1: Um, Are you familiar with Sidney's work, Dominic? (laughs) Of course.
3: (laughs) I can't say that I was a massive fan in terms of like I always watch his movies constantly, but the man, I don't think it's, it's shy to say at all that he was and will remain to be a cultural treasure. He, I believe he's the first black gentleman to receive an Oscar. He is a, a groundbreaking figure. He is, uh, he was a, a morally rich, intellectual, articulate, wonderfully kind-hearted person from everything I've ever heard. I, and I agree. With us anymore. And he was a really good actor. <laughs> on top of all that. <laughs> fantastic actor. And you know what? He's Mr. Tibbs. Yes. So, Jenny, are you familiar with uh, Sidney Poitier?
1: I'm afraid to ask. Um, Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I know. I'm never familiar with anyone. I just thought uh, he's everyone's ghost dad now, you know? He's passed on, and now he can be all our dads.
0: Wow, he's my right.
2: dad, and, and he's your dad, too.
1: Roland, are you a fan of Sidney's work?
4: Uh, You know, I I, I can't say that I've seen, uh, you know, all his movies not, um, you know, fully versed in his filmography, but the thing that, uh, has always impressed me with Sidney Poitier is especially in today's culture and information overload and lack of barriers is he presented always with class dignity culture and there was never a slip so you know it was genuine right. so he used right. a genuine article exactly. yeah. and more like uh, that obviously yeah as you know have been mentioned an incredible groundbreaker which um, I, I'm glad that was brought to light, unfortunately, in his passing. But uh, I think in today's world that maybe that was uh, overlooked somewhat for a while as to how many barriers he broke and mm. what an accomplishment it was for him to build the career that he had. So truly, uh, you know, a life to be respected.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, he was a, a, a young 94 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, So let's see. We have even more sad news. Um, Writer, director, actor, and producer, Peter Bogdanovich also died recently from complications of Parkinson's disease. Peter worked on such films as Voyage to the Planet of Prehistoric Women, The Last Picture Show, What's Up Doc, Paper Moon, St. Jack, *Mass with uh, Cher, Noises Off, which I love that movie, uh, She's Funny That Way, 54, The Definition of Insanity, The Fifth Patient, uh, Abandoned, The Telltale Heart, Six L.A. Love Stories, It's Chapter Two, Bella Mafia, Sopranos, and Get Shorty the Series, just to name a few. Uh, he was 82. I've only known a couple of those movies, but I didn't know. I've, I've heard his name floating around a lot in the interworlds of the universe, and I did not know that he was associated with some of those movies that I've watched. Uh, Dominic, you're familiar with any of his work?
3: Um, I've seen him act more than I am aware of his not that I knew that he was directing, but I don't can't say I've definitely um, watched movies he's directed. But I've seen him act in television, like the, like The Sopranos, and even just as an actor, he was very talented.
1: What about you, Jen? You're familiar with his work? Yeah, a bunch of those
2: films. Rest in peace. Rest in paradise. Enjoy the fire. <laughs> I don't know what to say to people's deaths. You do this every week and you talk about people who died and I never know what to say and I'm always at a loss for words because the one topic I can't fix. So that's my horrible response every time.
1: You're doing fine. You're doing fine. I'm sorry. So what about I don't you? know how to honor
2: the death properly.
4: <laughs> what about you, Roland? Uh, again, not, not, I would not claim to be an expert on his filmography, but I think uh, he certainly is representative of a class of directors you had from i say the 70s, uh, you know, primarily uh, along with like Francis Ford Coppola, Martin Scorsese, you know, who really looked at the, the art of cinema, you know, looking at uh, motion picture as, as a, a unique art form. So, um, you know, it, it's a loss, it's a loss. Um, you know, when you look at the way films are made today and uh, some of the production values and the way that the movies are put together, um it is very different from the way movies were and uh you know i always went when anything creative any type of artistic style when the the people who helped carry that onward are lost i feel that as as a loss because you don't know if someone's going to come along to carry on that tradition yeah
3: what's interesting i'm I'm just looking up his filmography he directed to sir with love too with Sidney poitier
2: Oh, wow. Huh. Interesting. Interesting.
3: Yeah. First of all, I didn't even know there was a sequel, but the fact that we're, we're discussing both gentlemen and they did work together. It's um, one of those, yeah. One of those 2022 things. is not starting off well. <laughs> maybe Let's one just...
2: took the other's hand and brought him to heaven.
3: Maybe. Aww. I, I think they I died on the same day, actually. Yeah. So maybe, January, they, maybe they had a pact. <laughs> January 6th. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh,
1: Hold on. Wait, yeah, they di-
3: They died on the same day. There
1: you go. So maybe Jen is oh, right. Is, they wow. did have a it's like
3: It's like Thomas Jefferson <laughs> and John Adams dying on the 4th of July <laughs> on the same day. You know.
2: <laughs> they so, couldn't stand another January 6th, so they're that's like, ah. Uh,
3: it.
1: So, yeah, we have, go, well, so we have one more bit of sad news so he was 82 oh, by the way if God. I didn't mention it um, actor and comedian Bob Saget also died right. recently as of this recording right. which is uh, January 12 2022 no cause of death has been announced in addition to his most famous roles of Danny Tanner on Full House and his sequel, silly, sequel series Full House for 202 episodes being the original host of America's Funniest Videos from 1989 to 1997 for 191 episodes and being the voice of the older Ted Mosby on the series How I Met Your Mother from 2005 to 2014 for 208 episodes, Bob appeared in such films slash TV shows as, for goodness mm. sake, Meet Wally Spark, Half Baked, I love this cameo in that movie, Dumb and yeah, Dumb um, when Harry met Lloyd, Farce of the Penguins, Stand-Up Guy, Father and Scout, For Hope, Raising Dad, One Versus 100. That was the game show. Uh, Strange Days, not Stranger Days. Uh, Strange Days of Bob Saget, just to name a few. I, meaning Mark, of course, most associated him with one of my favorite movies of all time, which is Dirty Work, starring the late mm. Donald Donald, who died of cancer last year. I mean, we did a whole mm. thing about how much I love that movie. He directed that movie.
2: Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. So it's like, it's a double, it's a double whammy. So when we were talking about Norm McDonald, I, I listened to, you know, Bob Saget talk about how sad it was to lose him. And then here we are a few months later and then off he goes too. I don't want to be
3: mean, but I guess it was so sad. He's like, you know, I'm going to go jo- join Norm. It's, At it's bad. So it's bad. Like I'm telling you 2021, <laughs> uh, 2022 is just the <laughs> same. <laughs> Your familiar. 2020s have not been good. You're familiar All with, days.
1: uh, what was it? America's one of America's dad's, uh, there, Dominic.
3: Um, if you grew up in the nineties like I did, there's no way that you don't know about who Bob Saget was or what right. I have to say this. I was actually very shocked when I I think he did uh he was in a movie that Penn Teller did called The The Aristocrats, which is about like the longest, dirtiest joke ongoing that that uh comedians would tell each other. And then when I found out like how blue and and his his actual comedy was on stage. Yeah, I was shocked because to me, it was like, this is Danny Tanner. This yeah. is the guy, who had, you know, who who was always cleaning things up. And, and you know, good night, Michelle. It's and called acting. It's right. acting. Yeah. He's a fantastic actor. And then mm-hmm. I'd see him in Entourage playing a caricature of himself. And that was even more hilarious. And one of my favorite things that he ever did, he did it with Jamie Kennedy it was a a video rolling with Bob Saget. And I actually put it on my Facebook page because I thought it was just so funny. And it's like, you you go from Danny Tanner to watching that like little video with great cameos of John Stamos and George Lucas in it. And you can't help but laugh.
0: Hmm.
3: And he's just, he was, from what it sounds like, because I've been reading up on anything that comes up about it, it's probably going to turn out to be either a heart attack or a stroke or a brain aneurysm because it sounds like he went to bed and he didn't wake up.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's 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 why no They say he, no drug
3: paraphernalia whatsoever.
1: It, as um, a sad, as a sad side note, he was uh, excited uh, about going back doing stand-up. And yeah. it's is yeah. his first stand-up back after the right. pandemic. And it, it's sad to see his his uh social media that he's like, I'm so excited, and you know, then yeah. he's dead so many hours later. It's crazy. It's, so Jen, you his fan stand-up of, uh,
2: was uh yeah, I actually I saw him when I was 14. Uh uh, in long, Island, wait, wait, wait. wait. There's, you there's, saw him yes,
1: stand up yes, I 14 years little, old? Uh,
2: yes, I have a very funny I, anecdote about it. I him. think um, you are a
0: little too young for that. Yes,
2: I was too young. I went so on the a lot, tour. There was like 50 kids on a bus that traveled the West Coast in Canada. Anyway, we all saw Bob Saget. I was 14. There maybe were some 13, some 15 year olds. So, simply put, there was a girl who was a bit of a, a floozy at, at 14 or 15. And somehow Bob Saget got wind of this. I'm not exactly sure how he got the information on stage. He was doing masterful crowd work. And this came out, and she started crying. And I will never forget watching this girl cry uh, because of Bob Saget being super dirty on stage. It was, I will never forget that. RIP, masterful crowd work. You made a girl cry. It brought a lot of joy to a lot of teenagers at the time.
3: Except <laughs> that girl.
0: Except <laughs> the right. girl.
2: But, but you know, cost benefit ratio. The rest of the tour was pretty amused. So hey, one well, girl went yeah. down for a lot of our enjoyment. You know.
0: Oh, what
1: about, really? what about you, Rolling? You a fan of a? Yeah.
2: Uh... And she went down. She went down
1: too. Yep.
4: Yeah. What about you, Rolling? You a
1: mm-hmm. fan of uh, Bob Saget's work?
4: Uh, you know I. Full House didn't really interest me when it was on, but uh, the the thing that, you know, and I didn't know Bob Saget's stand-up until I heard some of it on uh, Howard Stern one time, they played a little outtake, basically on the the pretext of, you know, he does a lot of blue material, and when I heard it, I was like, wow, that is a big (laughs) shift from Full House, which was about as uh, bleached as you could get, but, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, just... Yeah, any, anybody in entertainment, especially in modern times, that can, you know, anchor, basically anchor a, a, a sitcom and, you know, not just the one sitcom, but onward for any amount of time. That's, you know, that, that's work well done. So, uh, yeah, good job, yeah. Bob Saget.
1: He was 65. Yeah. All right, so that's it for the Sad News. So we're going to move on to the not as sad news. Thank God.
4: Thank God.
1: From the middle of the Uh, end-continued department. No celebrities, hold on, with no celebrities, no red carpet, nor media coverage of any kind, the 79th annual Golden Globes took place this past Sunday, which was January 9th, and the winners of the 25 film and TV categories were announced quote-unquote live via its Twitter account with little to no fanfare. Um, but what, what didn't even that go so well as the tweets neglected to mention what projects the people were winning for. Uh, for those of you who haven't been paying attention, NBC what? has severed ties with the Golden Globes due to lack of diversity in the members in and Hollywood and all uh, and, and Hollywood all followed suit with none other than Tom Cruise, quote unquote, returning his previous awards to the foreign press of who are in charge of the Golden Globes. So the Golden Globes came. Nobody watched it because it wasn't televised. Nobody was there. There was no, uh, there was no um, celebrities. There was nothing that happened. And, and then is it, it? So we mentioned oh. this in an early show. Oh. Do you think that this is the end of the Golden Globes?
4: Oh, wow. Well, if nobody's paying attention to it, it's kind of over already, isn't it? <laughs> but uh, wow. I I didn't even know it was this, this past Sunday.
0: Exactly. Uh, Yeah.
4: (laughs) And like I was saying, if, if people don't know you're around doing something, it's kind of already over as it is. So, uh, Hmm. yeah. So one of the biggest award shows
1: in the award show season, this is probably like number three. Hmm. Now, nothing in the span of less than a year. How crazy! You know is they that?
2: should have they should have brought little Nas X onto the scene. I think that would have livened things up. You know, you well they weren't allowed. No celebrities. <laughs> while you know maybe having tweeting about it, you know, ah, have some okay. fanfare. Yeah, he's young, he's hip, he's gay, he's bi, he's, he's what the people want right now.
0: So
1: <laughs> what? What do you think, Dominic? You think this is it? Is that it?
3: Yeah, I mean, look, if no, it, again, this old celebrities boycotted because there wasn't enough diversity in the Hollywood foreign press yes which okay so they never put it on so who went to get the actual award
1: nobody accepted it there was no there was nobody there it was a it was a closed ceremony uh, apparently from the insiders there was about 300 people in attendance but those were all the press members or whatever but there was so, nobody accepted it nobody presented it there was they just said hey this guy won Have some food so
3: Please. basically Aww. the hollywood foreign press did a after holiday holiday party for itself
1: yeah, where they gave out awards,
3: which is which. Great. I
1: mean I, I mean, did they give out awards? Like they said they gave out awards, but know. no one was there to accept it. So did they? Well, actually now I the want the it? to watch it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say right
3: now, I have an award show of you know best podcasts, <laughs> and we get the award for it. So well, that,
1: well, you know, we are, we do have the award for the best uh, radio show you're listening to at this moment. That's true. Um, <laughs> mm. I got an
3: award for best hair. <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> uh you know what basically what does it, it only matters if people feel it matters it, it, I but think that's like anything yeah it, it, we've had this conversation it's only worth what people are going to pay for it yeah. so mm-hmm. if no one really cares anymore about the golden globes if it's no longer considered culturally important as a indicator of how the uh, academy awards are going to go then it doesn't matter. It really doesn't, doesn't matter. No one seemingly cares. So the Hollywood Farm Press probably can save a lot of money and they can just go to a really wonderful restaurant and just give each other a wonderful like end of the year bonus. Uh, why not? I'm I mean
1: Personally, I'm just shocked by how quickly it, it, it turned. It, it didn't just like decline. It went from being on the air yeah. and then it's just not nothing, there. like yeah. not even a live stream
3: we oh, no. are doing I more than I can't they help, did. I can't help are but they, um, feel that this has to do with how brutal a roasting they got in 2020 by Ricky Gervais. Right. They pretty much called everyone out on all their stuff. And I can't help but feel the celebrities like, you know what? Don't don't want to do that again. I don't want to be told ah, how yeah. I'm rich, powerful, come in a limo, and am hypocritical for telling you to go vegan and, and buy a right. Tesla. Yeah. You know, so
4: I, I wonder, could wonder.
2: you imagine if that man single handedly destroyed the Golden Globes? That's-
3: I think he'd be very proud of himself. So. So you think he I would started, too?
4: he started you know, Ricky Gervais? Yeah, he would probably pat himself on the back. <laughs> I think
3: he did, because wow. I mean, I remember watching that monologue wow. multiple times. And he re- huh. like when he said, like, look, you know, you guys are all about uh-huh. you're, you're saying you're doing this. But you work for Apple, you work for Amazon. Yeah. You work for everyone who exploits, you know, the working class, working class people. So and but oh. like you would if he said if Al Qaeda were to start a streaming network, you'd have your agents calling tomorrow.
2: Yeah. Ha. Hilarious. Well, I think,
4: you know, they they wanted Ricky Gervais because they wanted somebody cutting edge and, you know, really snarky. And they got it.
0: Yeah. And, yeah. Uh,
4: you know, in a way, to me, it's it was typical Celebrity hypocrisy, where it's okay for them That's to have me. someone exercise biting humor as long as it's not about them, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, when it was about them, they they didn't want to hear that. You know, and no. you see- that holds true for most people. You don't want to hear your own uh, hypocrisy, but they they got an extra big helping of it on a yeah. uh, broadcast. I think and he even
3: he he, he connected away. him to Epstein at one in one joke.
4: It was yeah. He, oh. went, he
1: went out. He did go all out. It was crazy. Yeah. yeah. So we have one we better. Know, wait, we got the last well, bit of news.
2: Okay, sure, sure. Go ahead.
1: All right. This one's a good one. That's why I want to make sure okay. we got it in here. Okay, okay. From the. Pokemon.
0: I got you. I know it's my Pokemon. Oh, you my best friend in a world we
1: must defend. Pokemon. Department. In 2017. A pair of LAPD officers were fired because while on duty, instead of, you know, doing their job, Uh they were chasing Pokemon on the new, at the time, Pokemon Go game. Apparently, according to the investigation, the police officers were alleged to have played Pokemon Go for nearly 20 minutes after Uh ignoring a request for a backup on a robbery in progress call and Uh the time driving around a neighborhood Capturing various Pokemon.
0: Hilarious. A disciplinary
1: hearing was used. A disciplinary hearing used a recording taken from inside <laughs> a patrol car that captured a duo discussing an attempted capture of a Togeti <laughs> and a Snorlax, which were apparently rare creatures to capture at the time. The oh officers God. denied that they were playing Pokemon Go and later argued that Pokemon Go wasn't a game at all and that the recording showed them. <laughs> capturing an image, unquote, of a Pokemon on a then-active tracking app to share with other players that their activity was just an attempt to participate in a social media event. Ultimately... The pair were charged wow. with multiple counts of on-duty misconduct, including, pl- including quote, playing Pokemon Go while on patrol in their police vehicle <laughs> and then making <laughs> false statements to internal affairs detectives during the subsequent complaint investigation. The pair were found guilty by a board of rights, and most counts were subsequently fired from the department. The pair unsuccessfully argued that the use of an in-car recording was against the law, And this is how the circumstances of the firing came to light. See why we had to get to this one?
2: Yeah. Wow. That was better than the comment I was going to make. I got to say the cops in New York City would probably be better off catching Pokemon characters than uh, criminals because every time they catch a criminal, they get flack, you know, they get some type of riot. But if they were to just catch Pokemon Go, there would be no problem. So maybe this is the way that New York City NYPD should handle things.
1: I I remember Mm. how popular Mm. Pokemon Go was. I made a sketch
2: comedy about it. It went viral. Yeah, I know.
1: So like the, so, for those of you don't know, let me let me just throw this in there the quick. It was the Pogs
3: of 20, 2016. You had wow.
1: your you had your app or your phone thing or whatever, and you went on and you walked around, and it showed an image of a Pokemon on your phone, and you had to collect it. So it actually pro, uh, uh, um, you had to walk around your area to find these creatures, and they were all over the place. And you can actually have businesses um, put their creatures there to draw people to your establishment. That was oh. the idea behind it. And uh, the more you walked, you're in, like points and stuff. And apparently, uh, people fake put uh, Pokemon and people went to that area and then they got robbed. And then, oh, wow. Yeah. So that's, that's that was how the game was. So what do you think,
3: Dominic? <laughs> oh, God. You got nothing? I, don't, I got, like, I <laughs> you don't got nothing. Know. I really like what. Uh, it just a further example my wife and i will complain constantly and say no one wants to do their jobs and there you go <laughs> no <laughs> one wants to do their job and this mm. is even before the pandemic cuz this is what back in 2017
1: 2017 said? yeah when when, when so, pokemon
3: go was extremely hugely popular like i said the pogs of the of 2017 like, all right cuz no no sooner was it there <laughs> than it was gone this is true. Mm. So I, I just whatever. I, I, All right. <laughs> what do I got? I, what can you? What can anyone have? All right,
4: Roland, Roland, come on. What do you got? I have a question. Oh, okay. So, this is gonna be good. Not to be anti-police, but these two particular officers drove around for twenty minutes to try to get their Pokemon. Uh huh. Did they ever catch oh. the actual criminals? And did they right. in less than twenty minutes? No, so, they did not. They ignored the call. Exactly. So what does it tell you about those two officers? They probably should have never been officers in the first place. (laughs) Mm, (laughs) Because they don't seem to be too good at the arresting part.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm surprised that they were shocked that they were going to be on on camera (laughs) recording in their own car. They were
4: were the robbers. Yeah. When when anybody says, oh, I didn't know I was being recorded. Everything's recorded. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Everybody's got a camera. Everything's being monitored. Exactly. Pretty much. So yeah, always uh, do the right
2: thing. You're gonna get uh, caught.
1: The Pokemon Go was so popular that the criminals got away. And and, and, well, at least they caught the Pokemon. At least they did catch
4: the Pokemon. I'm so
3: glad they did. Yeah. After that, the
4: bank put a couple of Pokemon inside the front door. You know, (laughs) wouldn't get robbed again. (laughs) So those two cops would come by.
1: (laughs) That's hilarious. Hi. Right, so we're ready for our break. So with that, we're going to take our break. We'll be right back with a game from the radio.
2: Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark At MFC underscore studios at Hotmail.com.
1: Hey, ghoulies. This is Demon Boy. And you're listening to It Came From The Radio. (laughs) Now, back to our show. And welcome back to It Came From The Radio. The official the Big Apple Cons. Your host, Mark Torres, speaking for our 52nd live show. That's a year's worth of live shows. One per Mm week. Courtesy of the East Meadow Public Library, where they have tons and tons of programming for all ages. Uh, They have, uh, it's all for free. That's the most important thing. All of it is free. So you just go to www.eastmeadow.info, and you can sign up and register for this stuff, which is some is virtual, some is in person. They're working with the the pandemic, but they have tons and tons of programming, one of which is our show. So I am here with none other than fishy sarcasm, Dominic Duffin, Mansparo,
3: hello everybody stay away from pokemon go we'll get you fired
1: <laughs> we have hey. uh from D life of jenner g jenny felby hello and from uh long island's authors um uh, you have a, a long Island author group right was that was it yes. long yes. island author group
4: yeah,
1: long island's is. author rolling online
4: hello <laughs>
1: So we've had you actually at a an early live show. I don't we we're actually trying to figure out which which one was. It I think it was um probably in the early tweens of for live shows. Yeah. Um so what have you been up to since then till now?
2: Playing Pokemon obviously.
4: Yeah.
3: <laughs> Living in the bunker, I, I, staying away I from people. Say,
4: I never played Pokemon. My kids played it and <laughs> uh, but I never did. So but so how, of,
1: so how wait, so the kids your kids played it, was it super popular? Did they running around like like fools? Or did you like mm-hmm. keep on a leash so they won't go out and get robbed?
4: No, I I, <laughs> no, I remember a couple of times uh, driving my younger son around to to locations that were supposed to have some, you know, special Pokemon that they had to catch. And I, I always found it a little odd because you, you pull up to this space, you know, park <laughs> or something. And you see all these people with their head down in their phone walking around in like these odd little, aimless, you know, serpentine paths. And I I, I just thought this is this is really weird. (laughs) And uh, whoever created the game, I thought, you know, maybe they did it just to see if people would wander around aimlessly like this and uh, get a good laugh (laughs) out of it. So uh, if so, uh, mission accomplished. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it was it was uh, it was a curious phenomenon. That's for sure. So but, was, uh, me, so what have you been up to? Yes. Yeah. What about you? <laughs> what about me? Well, uh, you know, I, I've <laughs> always been writing, so I'm up to uh, seven published books now, I'm happy to say. Uh, Show off. I have quite a few titles ahead of myself. I did take a little break during the pandemic, uh, which was uh, <laughs> not so much by choice, but uh, forced by circumstance, let's say. Uh, I did a lot of work over the years with the uh, Long Island Authors Group, uh, which I was president of for four years, and uh, very proud of, of what we were able to accomplish. You know, one of our main missions was to uh, help Long Islanders become aware of how many local authors are here in their communities. Uh, mm-hmm. So to that end, we, we did a number of uh, events at libraries, readings, author fairs. But uh, one of the more uh, recognizable things that we, we did, uh, I had formulated and, you know, we, we put together a traveling bookstore that we took around the town fairs. Hmm. Uh, and that, that was working great. We got great feedback on that, really helped the group grow. Uh, unfortunately, the pandemic came along and without fairs, our traveling bookstore had no place to travel. But I am uh, very happy to say that, you uh, Back in the summer, uh, based from uh, prior work we had done with the Islip Arts Council, our traveling bookstore became a permanent bookstore in the Islip Arts Council Gallery in the South Shore Mall. So there is a place now on Long Island, a unique bookstore that you can go to and see books entirely from Long Island authors. So i uh, very proud of that, that we were able to, you know, build that up and, and get that in place. Uh, currently, we have uh, just about 200 titles uh, from our members on the shelves. Uh, it continues to grow at this point until uh, we get some more shelving space. <laughs> uh, we're almost maxed out. But um, yeah, you know, anybody who's who's interested in supporting, uh, you know, your local creatives, people say, uh, you know, shop local, uh, I like to say read local, you know, we have uh, really a benefit on the island, we have so much cultural output in our area, whether it's, you know, stage, art, writing, and, uh, you know, now we, we have something from the group uh, that that People can go to and and see what there is to 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 read from our members and see just how much there is uh, being put out by by our local authors. So it's a great opportunity, and we were very happy to, like I said, to put that together. And I think it's it's a real um, resource for people who like to read. If you're looking for something yeah. different. No. one
2: Thank man you. library one man traveling <laughs> yeah. library
4: that's pretty cool uh, it's really and purpose. you know
2: what people are still illiterate on long island so you got to work harder no, <laughs> oh, a little know, bit there are
4: some people who just don't like to read and uh, yeah. it, it's a yeah. funny thing because there, there have been times where i've been at events and you know someone will stop by my table or when i have the traveling bookstore and they would ask me questions for 20 or 30 minutes and then i would ask them well what is it that you like to read and they would say oh i don't read and walk away mm-hmm. <laughs> wow <laughs> so, they just walk away yeah they would just walk away at that point so uh you know my favorite would sometimes
3: i'd be at a comic con and i'd be like hey you want to check out our books and people would walk by like oh i don't read
4: comics there you go <laughs> well, What do you yeah know? yeah yeah so I feel, um, and uh some of the winter cons i went to some of the other conventions people would would Flat out asked me, "Are there pictures in your books?" And I would say, "No, it's it's you know, it's literary narrative." And they would nah. go, "Oh," and and walk away. You were know,
2: they I, nine? What? <laughs> no, these were no, because when I was seven or eight or nine, I liked pictures of my books, and I would be a little sad yeah. if there was no pictures. So yeah. you know, it's. So, but were
4: they nine or were they 29 uh they were 29 okay
2: <laughs> were different older <laughs> all right well judging
4: but I'm you going. know i mean I'm, I'm not gonna judge people you like to read what you I like will. to read but i just yeah. think it's uh, you know interesting sometimes the way people react to things so mm-hmm. i mean to me, if something is well put together if, if it's a quality cohesive artistic effort that's got value no matter how it looks and uh you know subject matter is obviously subjective opinion based but you know mm-hmm. quality to me is is more of an objective and absolute measure so mm-hmm. but yeah people can be funny <laughs> oh, So yeah. Uh, yeah and looking forward um, you know I have a number of books that are completed and right now it's a matter of choosing what I'm going to publish next so um, which is kind of a an odd place to be in because normally, uh, authors say oh what am I going to write next for my next publication and mm-hmm. uh, uh, right now I have a, a couple of things in front of me that are ready to go so mm, very um, good science fiction supernatural paranormal horror along those lines uh, most of my work uh, so probably I am going to do uh, a two book series which most people do three but this one fits in a, a two-parter called the guide to statesmanship which mm. um, is a very gritty dark dystopian atmospheric uh book uh set of two books and um finishing the proofreading now um it's dark and i love that (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, very character driven and twisted Mm -hmm. and um you know it it works in its own little claustrophobic bubble of emotion uh Mm -hmm. so yeah really excited to uh hopefully get part one of that out um if not by summer, then later in the year, uh, depending how fast I can do my own proofreading.
2: (laughs) Any plans to turn that one into an audiobook?
4: uh, Well, I was going to do this on my own imprint, uh, Mm -hmm. because I wanted to do, um, you know, offer it as a part one, part two, the two books individually, and then do like a compendium, the two of them together, um, Mm -hmm. possibly with a short story as a third little piece that Maybe we'll just examine a little bit deeper the characters. But uh, to, to really have that kind of flexibility, I was going to use my own imprint because then it's a lot easier to manage the ISBNs and all the internal mm. publishing mechanics. So, uh, yeah, that's that's the big plan right now. So, excited about that. It's nice to get back out like this. It's great to be out talking about books and, and doing book stuff again. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. So you know, twenty twenty two starts off on a bit of a dark note. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, looking towards uh, a brighter note, and uh, you know, winter's going to end in more ways than one. So it
3: can't end soon enough.
4: Yes, exactly.
3: So Jen, you mentioned
1: um, audio books. Mm. Well,
0: yeah. Yes.
1: Um, is that is that a thing that self uh, publishers do?
2: Um. Yeah. Uh. I. Uh. I was going to narrate an entire audio book that it kind of sounds like this. It's very dark. There's mystery. It's a little sci-fi, whatever. Um, but the reason I ask is I'm very time oriented and I spend a lot of time cleaning and et cetera. So whenever I'm cleaning and cooking hours and hours every week, I'm listening to audio. So for me, audio is just the way ever since I moved into a house, I need to listen to audio. I, yeah. I, time is time to sit and flip through a book. Honestly, is it's really hard.
4: Yeah, reading time is tough, and certainly audiobooks are a huge advantage for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Certainly, you know, when when I've done presentations about writing and publishing, I always mention it is absolutely an option authors should look into. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, traditional publishers, uh, some of the small ones, certainly the larger ones, they will consider audiobook based uh, usually on the performance of your written work. Uh, mm. If you're in the self-publishing or if you, you have your own imprint, either way there. Uh, if you want an audiobook, it will probably come out of your pocket to fund it. Right. Uh, and it can become, uh, you know, a fairly costly investment. Uh, yeah.
2: You unless know. your girlfriend's a the narrator and then yeah, you get know. it for unless free. You know <laughs> How about that? <laughs> there you go.
0: There's
2: they always, free. always be resourceful. You can always find a yeah. way to do yeah. things cheaply. Mm-hmm. well, you know,
4: networking, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, Networking
2: can really elevate your life
4: for sure. Yes. Um,
3: I, mean, I was actually, in terms of narrating, I was saying to uh, someone the other day, people don't realize how hard a skill it is oh, to so read hard. out loud and yeah. read well out loud. Mark makes it look easy. He does. Aww. He does, actually.
4: Yeah, yeah you're a great narrator, is, Mark. Is uh, It's very tough doing a, a book read Uh, The small publisher that I had started with, uh, they uh, did two of my books. They they did audiobook conversions. And uh, the the reader, he was an ex-radio guy. So he had one of those really rich, you know, Mm -hmm. radio voices. (laughs) You know, it it sounded really great, but I found it impossible to listen to because I was used to hearing all those words in my head, in my voice. And hearing somebody else read it, I just found it so jarring i I, Mm -hmm. I don't listen to it so Mm -hmm. um you know part of the reason why i I haven't really pursued audiobook with with some of the other things i've done is i really would not have any uh at least for me i feel ability to look at it objectively once it was done or more importantly to you know decide if the voice i was hearing would be a good fit for my material because all i would hear in my head is it's different from the way it sounded in my head <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, yeah and audiobooks you know th- there's a huge market out there for them uh, you know, personally I don't I don't listen to audiobooks I like to I'm very old school when it comes to reading I want something printed in my hands uh, you know I, I spend a lot of time looking at computer screens uh, at work you know I'm in front of computers Uh, Everything I have to do to make my publishing happen is in front of a computer. So when it comes time to actually read, I feel like is the one uh, pastime I can do that involves words that doesn't require a battery or a plug Mm -hmm. (laughs) or have a screen glowing at me. You know, uh, a a book will always work. It's always on. All I have to do is flip open the pages.
3: I've Mm. said the same thing. It's hit the peak of its evolution. Yeah, you, you cannot have power. You don't need all. You need is light. The only thing yeah. you need is light. Yeah. Everything else is perfectly self-contained.
4: Exactly. There is a a tactile experience with a book that, um, you know, digital reading, uh, audio books just they by default yeah. they have that. You know, like when you get like a nice like leather clad, uh, you know, leather bound hardcover book, and you know the feel of the pages, when especially when they have those like raw hempy edges on them, you know that's there's so much going on there with with what you're reading. So mm-hmm. yeah, if it sounds like I'm way into it, I am. <laughs> my my thought yeah, no, is I think you... I think
2: it's very hard to get it right. It's almost impossible to get an audiobook right. Yeah. To yeah.
4: me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my... some of them, you know, the the production is, you know, they have multiple readers, they have sound effects, and but you know, it's it it turns into a very complex and costly process right Uh, for sure you know for for most authors especially in the self-publishing or the small publisher realm you're going to have a single voice doing the the read Uh, you know some authors do it themselves Um, you know for some people that works I know that would not work for me because when I read I tend to read very fast Mm -hmm. and after I read that's when it kind of plays back in my head and You know then i kind of visualize it and see it uh so for me to read my own stuff would be like you know an evelyn wood speed reading course
2: (laughs) yeah me too Mm -hmm.
4: yeah that that would really destroy it for anyone listening to it plus Mm -hmm. i i think there's um you know by in this case digital would, would hold true as well when you read a work on your own reading that and having those words come in into your head, in your voice, with your inflections, uh, I think it gives you or it gives a reader a sense of ownership with the written word that you you don't really otherwise get to to, to have. It makes it very personal. And I think that's why some people, when they, they read certain books, they you know, it's like the teacher you had in school that influenced you or, you know, someone that you met in your life, you know, the book becomes like this friend and you, it's like always there with you. You've internalized it. And uh, I think that's something really special about the the written word. Well said. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I I write better than I talk. (laughs) (laughs) So so my thought is that- you're definitely
2: a very good writer then.
1: uh, My thought is that with the digital, you can't get anybody to sign your book.
4: Ah, yes, oh,
0: there, there are actually
4: some some apps that allow you to do a a, a digital embed. I, I had tried. Really? Yeah, wow. I, I had tried it once, and I had to do my signature with my mouse. And I mean, my handwriting is chicken scratch. So <laughs> I, I love my my netbook where I do all my writing because I type everything. Because in the old days when I handwrote everything, that sometimes I'd be sitting there and I'd be you know, growling in my wife would be like, what's wrong? I'm like, I can't read what I wrote. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but, uh, yeah.
4: Yeah. I tried doing my signature with, with, with a mouse and it looked horrible. And I, I was like, well, I'm not going to bother with this. That was a few years ago. I'm sure there are things that work better now, certainly with uh, touchscreens, but I don't know, you know, for a lot of people, when you see a touchscreen signature, that doesn't look so great either. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. You want to if you want a signature really uh, written form is the best way to go i think mm-hmm. i would i would certainly say that
1: so since you have the uh the books in um in suffolk county correct
4: yes it's the uh, south shore Mall is located in Bayshore on the uh nor- north service road of sunrise highway what is the spot
1: what is the criteria to have your book on there like do you just you have to be from long island you have to be self-published well, and it has to be good or
4: just two out of those three you have to
2: okay. be muslim no <laughs> <laughs>
4: well the, the way it works the um, the bookstore is run by the long island authors group so to be in the bookstore you have to be a member of long island authors group so okay we manage it and finance it and we have the agreement with the isof arts council that's the uh first factor uh if you're interested in joining the Long Island authors Group, you have to be a published author. Mm-hmm. You we know, don't discriminate between self-published or you know traditional published, uh, but we do require that you have print copies available of your book. So ebooks only would, would not be uh, considered. And the reason we do that, uh, you know, unfortunately because of the pandemic, not, not so much, but uh, obviously for the bookstore, we need print copies of people's books. Uh, all of our events that we do, the town fairs we go to, book signings, obviously that's all for, you know, physical books. So that will be a requirement. Uh, Residents in Nassau Suffolk County, we had toyed with the idea of expanding to Queens. But again, when the pandemic hit, uh, it was more of, you know, how do we keep the group running, uh, period, as opposed to trying to expand it. And we do have a review panel of authors. So every author who submits one of their published books, the book is read in full, which uh, I think is a nice perk to our group. So um, you know that if you're handing in your book, it will get the, uh, the entire read and will be judged based on its entirety not a chapter excerpt or you know two pages from the middle of the book something like that um, you know and really the main point of the review read is to make sure that the book uh, complies with, with basic publishing standards you know that it is properly edited formatted page numbers you know the, 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 the basic stuff like that um, as far as content we try not to judge on content because it is subjective. Uh, however, if we do receive something that is um, abrasive, uh, that is discriminatory, that is uh, you know, basically uh, projecting some type of, of negative message at its core, uh, certainly that will uh, you know, probably factor into a, a rejection because mm-hmm. we don't want to uh, promote hatred. Uh, there's enough of that going around today. So <laughs> Makes sense. But, Yes, but, uh, and that's, that's basically it. And then, you know, once, once you pass through and you're accepted, uh, all your books are eligible for the bookstore. You're eligible for all of our events. Uh, we are a merry little group of creative people. Uh, we were up to uh, 100 members before the pandemic. We have since rebuilt, I believe we're at 67 members right now. Uh, We did have some people who, um, you know, sort of resigned from their publishing efforts because they didn't see how they could go out and and really, you know, pursue it as they had before. But, um, you know, we're hoping the, the, having the bookstore and when we make our first uh, tentative steps to go out doing events come the spring, you know, situations permitting that uh, some more people will come back in. Uh, You know, for me personally, I, I, I find it very upsetting when, when someone uh, you know, throws in the towel for for lack of a you know better expression uh, mm-hmm. simply because I, I, I know even for someone who's only done one book you know the the emotional commitment the time commitment you know the total commitment and not just of the individual but usually their intimate uh, you know family members around them you know the, the time they took away from from that to to do this and the support they received to do it. To, uh, you know, see someone basically shelve that effort, um, you know, that, that bothers me. So I uh, always try to encourage people to stick with it. You know, it is, publishing is a very tough business. Uh, anybody who's been in it for any amount of time will, will certainly tell you that. And, uh, you know, even A-list authors sometimes have, um, you know, events that are, are you know, duds that, that, that really don't work out for them. But it's, it's really just a matter of uh, perseverance. You, know, you got to stick to your guns, do what you believe, develop your craft, uh, work your way through it, and you learn along the way. And, uh, you know, the experiences I've had, the people I've met, I, I wouldn't trade that or, you know, give that up for anything at, at this point. It's been such an enriching experience. Um, you know, you can't put a price tag on that part of it.
1: All right. So we are about uh, social media time. So where can people find out more about yourself, the, the, <clears throat> the group, and uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that fun stuff. Go.
4: Okay. We are on Facebook at Long Island Authors Group. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook at Roland Alnach, R-O-L-A-N-D-A-L-L-N-A-C-H, just like it says on the little Zoom window there. Uh, I am also on Goodreads, uh, you can find me there as well. Uh, my website is Uh so pretty easy to find me. The authors group, as I said, we are also, uh, we, we have our Facebook, Long Island Authors Group, and we also have our website, Long Island longislandauthorsgroup.org. So you can find this there. Um, we do not sell books directly through the website, but every author has an informational page with purchase links for their books. So if you find something you're interested in, you have a you know, safe and secure purchase route from known vendors, you know, Amazon and whatnot that, that you can follow. But also you can learn a lot about the members of the group and the things we write. So a lot of good stuff there.
1: So do you have an award show that no one goes to and you don't publicize?
0: <laughs>
4: uh, <laughs> it was last week. You didn't know? <laughs> <laughs>
0: no,
4: <I'm just> kidding.
0: <laughs> it got
2: more views than the Golden Globes.
4: <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we would have Platinum Globes. But, uh, <laughs> mm.
1: <laughs> so we have wow. about five minutes left. Uh, Jen, you have another question?
2: Um, what's your favorite thing to write about and why?
4: My favorite thing to write about? In general, I like to take the things that are most valuable to me uh, give them to a character and then blow them apart. So mm,
0: <laughs> because
4: interesting. I, well, one, it's, it's cathartic. Um, and because these are things, such as you know, family stability, things that I've really, uh, come to treasure in my life, uh, certain things that I, in younger times, I never thought I would have in my life having, uh, you know, been able to get these things in my life I find it very interesting to take characters and project if things have been different so you mm. know life is a product of the decisions you make in many ways sure.
2: it and, is a product um, of the decisions you make
4: yes. yes and I think as you move forward in life and look back you see all those forks in the road that could have led you astray
0: and mm-hmm.
4: you know to me every one of those is a, a why question you know why mm. was this that way what would have happened okay. if things went that way and they're all things to uh explore with characters i'm a big fan of like Tolstoy Dostoevsky you know all the, the classic literature because it's very introspective and mm-hmm. i really like to dig into my characters my characters propel my story so yeah if there's one guiding theme it's uh deconstructing things that in some ways we, we may take for granted in our lives Stability, okay. moral centers, things like that.
2: I'm gonna follow that model and write a short story about my water pick being stolen because that's my most prized okay. position. Carry on.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> a world yeah. without my water pick. What would happen?
1: Well, you are a Long Islander, so you can join and be part of have your book public. Yeah,
2: I have a health guidebook. Maybe it'll be accepted. I don't there know.
1: There you go. See.
4: Yeah, you publish
2: books, send it on in. Yeah. Okay, cool.
1: So we're almost out of time. So, Dominic, do you have a quick question before we get to our final thoughts?
3: Uh, no. All right. So then, Dominic, <laughs> do you <laughs> have a final thought? Yes. Go to the bookstore. Buy books. Books are good. We need more bookstores.
0: Book
1: good. The
3: book Good. <laughs> <laughs> good. Yes.
1: book good that's from authors and writers book good yeah i'm that's well perfect. read book good you know what yeah. Yeah, you right. know what
2: people people underestimate the value of the word duh it's so concise instead of saying wow i think that's an amazing idea that's very wordy how about just duh duh sounds concise <laughs> concise is good yeah. steve jobs yeah. would agree simplicity is genius duh is genius thank you i'm out
1: so that was your Maybe final thoughts words, <laughs> three words can do so roland mm-hmm. do you have a final thought
4: for us a final thought? Yes. Stay safe and things will get better. We just so, need to be patient. So,
1: all right. So, my final seven. thought is, uh, is this uh, Ron, thanks again for being a guest on our 50 second live show. Maybe, Thank you know, so maybe uh, a couple of, another two or three years you come back again.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: and we'll actually be in the library. Yeah, that would be <laughs> nice. 2030. <laughs> Yeah. yeah exactly so um that about does it for this week on i came from radio Join us right here and every week on this radio station if you miss any part of this show tough go to our website www.camefromradio.com our brand spanking new website and you can see the archives you can see um, old stuff you can find us on instagram facebook and twitter um, our next live show courtesy of the east middle public library which will be our 53rd live show with a filmographer a photographer videographer uh, michael zinn will be our guest on February the 9th. Mm. And I believe that's it. Uh, Yeah, so make sure you go to www.eastmetal.info and we will see you next time.
0: You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.